0: This is the start of Social Podcast, your inside look at the Austin awesome startup world. We get real with local founders and business owners who share their toughest challenges and biggest wins.
1: All right, I'm Daniel Greaves, we're back on the Startup Social Podcast. Today we got the guest Jordan Smotherman. 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 Right. Now this is going to be the most interesting but shortest intro you heard. <laughs> the rightful heir to the throne <laughs> <laughs> you explain it for us well you know i
0: uh i, I was just really uh buzzing, uh samantha's chops that's it I mean, that's, I was just, she was just like well what do you well, how do you want to be introduced and i, and I just um, <laughs> i like that though it fits your personality so
1: i'll give a little bit more a uh, little bit more into uh jordan from what i know okay and then i'll let you talk more about yourself i know jordan is the founder co-founder uh, uh, just atomic an athlete owner. owner of of, yeah, uh, owner. of atomic athlete uh, here based in Austin. We did build out his website. We actually y'all actually helped us create a name within ATX web designs. Oh really? Anytime we have a website that's extremely complex and we kind of uh, overshot it, we call it an atomic athlete <laughs> website. <laughs> so here's the story because <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm transparent on these, right? So we did build we, we built out um, atomic athletes. Website, we moved it, kept it in WordPress, was on the same thing. There was a lot of shit that, to be honest, yeah. y'all didn't know, and we yeah. couldn't really find out until we got into the weeds of it. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, we worked everything through we worked with them to make sure it got where it needed to be. But yeah. it was an atomic type of project, is what we call them now. <laughs> atomic
0: project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both both big and small, right? Yeah. The scale was both big and small. The, the, so the the interesting thing about our website, and really I think the biggest disadvantage that you guys had was actually what you were working with, what, what the site uh, was yeah. before you guys took it over, uh, because you guys were working from a huge disadvantage yeah. uh, with, with the way that the site worked before, just because of our kind of naivety with working with websites. and. and Kind of allowing ourselves to be raked over the coals a little bit by developers, uh, yeah. In the past, mm-hmm. and so you, you guys were already starting. You know, you guys were like starting at the two yard line, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's it's not like we were even giving you like starting from the twenty or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, you were the touchback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But it's all good.
1: So atomic athlete, i want to dive into atomic athlete because yeah. this is what I will say. It's intense when I go to anything with Atomic Athlete, <laughs> but I like it from the website. So, if I showed someone, so say for instance, we work with someone that wants us to build a website, and there's like, what's some website y'all built based on this? And we'll show them like the homepage of Atomic Athlete. And yeah. I'm like, brace yourself what you're about to see when you first come to it. And there's like a lady, she's trying to get up, she has a bag over her hand. she yes, has a straight hand, look yeah. on her face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I love it though. But tell us more about. Um, first more about Jordan yourself and then everything about atomic athletes. Um, uh,
0: well, uh, so I, am a, I'm a small town, Texas boy. You know, I grew up in this little town called panhandle, Texas. Um, nice. it's, it's in the panhandle. Yeah. All right. Not a cr- very creative people up there. All right. We named oh, the town it's called after the panhandle. region, yes. Yeah. Oh, the region that, that? panhandle, the panhandle of Texas uh-huh. and the town is called panhandle as well. Um, and, uh, after that, I went into the military. I I served in uh, the Navy for six years. I was, uh, I was a a nuclear operator Mm -hmm. on on a submarine and from there I, I came to UT. Um, that's what brought me to Austin in 2005. And then I went to UT from 2006 to 2009. Um, after that, I moved to Houston. I was in teach for America for for a couple years. Then I moved up to Wyoming and, and that's when I started my, my coaching career. And I was up there from, uh, 2012 to 2015. And then Mm -hmm. I moved back here and became a part of Atomic Athlete. Um, uh, so, so since then I've been, uh, an owner of Atomic, uh, Atomic was started by uh, a guy named Jake Sines, uh, Uh my business partner and, um, and Jake, uh, a guy named Todd Moore, uh, and I all own it now. And, um, around 2015, 2016 is whenever, we started to take a, a closer look at the website. They had a website, but it was really uh, rudimentary. Um, and uh, that's, what, that's what was kind of my first project to take over. Um, and then I think it, it like 20, 2016, was it May of 2016 or 2017? When we came to you guys, anyway, somewhere yeah. around there, 16, 17, we came to you guys to build out a new site. And that was a really great decision. One of the best decisions that we've made actually in the last couple of years uh, to have that done and to have you guys do it because you were so thorough and despite all of the challenges, you guys had a lot of integrity in like making sure that you yeah. delivered a really, really good product, uh, which you did. And so, um, and, and, atomic is, uh, we are a training facility. Um, we, uh, we have coaches, uh, we don't have trainers, right? The difference between a coach and a trainer is that a trainer is trying to retain clientele, mm-hmm. but a coach is trying to improve performance um and so we really uh focus on improving the, the performance of our athletes but we train all kinds i mean we have really high level athletes we have uh olympic level athletes but we also have you know your um mid 40s soccer mall yeah know? and oftentimes they train a lot harder than those <laughs> high level athletes um they get down that, that's right yeah yeah uh, and so yeah we have now we actually just opened our second facility so our HQ is uh, down south, uh-huh. uh, just just north of Bannister Lane. And then our new location is actually up north right off of uh, Back Circle. Yeah. And um, it, we call that the Atomic Outpost. Um, it's more that. of an open gym model, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so between the website, uh, the HQ and Outpost, we're pretty busy at this point. So how
1: did you come up with, how did y'all come up with the the whole atomic—I don't want to just say brand, but the concept with everything I do, right? So you're saying like we don't have trainers, we have coaches. Like, yep. how did you come up with the concept of how you train and the different things that y'all do? Where did that? Where did that kind of begin? Is it kind of a because the three horsemen came together and y'all formed it, <laughs> Right. right?
0: Uh, well, so um, we had always been. Uh, we, we've been lifetime, lifelong athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Like yourself. And at, oh, over the course of uh, training, uh, over your, your uh, lifetime of training, you kind of learn what is effective and what is, what is ineffective, mm-hmm. what, what looks good and then what, what works good. Yeah. And we basically had some good ideas about how to train. And we wanted to challenge ourselves to see if we could bring um, effective world-class training to people um, in a way that was systemized rather than a way that was random. Because you have to understand at the time, 2009, whenever we started Atomic Mm -hmm. Athlete, there was a really big push uh, and CrossFit was still like in its peak growth at that point. And so there's a big growth uh, and push for functional fitness in air quotes. part of the offshoot of this functional fitness was this idea that in order for it to be functional, it had to be high intensity and random. Yeah. Um, Yet this idea flew in the face of what we knew to be true, both uh, in the scientific community, but also in our own experience. So we decided that we were gonna go another way rather than only high intensity and rather than random, Mm -hmm. we were gonna be really purposeful um, and we were going to be very comprehensive. So CrossFit has been great for fitness in general because it has introduced more people to the barbell probably than any other thing, It's like Jim Ryan in running. Like (laughs) it's the same thing with like CrossFit and the barbell. And so CrossFit is a a net positive for us. Most of our athletes actually are former CrossFit athletes. but the, the issue with, that we have with the CrossFit paradigm mm-hmm. is the randomness and, and sort of the reliance on high intensity and high intensity. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you take the randomness aspect, and, and what they like to say is um, that you know, life, life is random, life throws random stuff at you. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, while there may be a seed of truth in that, it's also true that you don't teach a third grader complex algebra, right? Uh, you start and you progress up, right? You got to teach them to add and subtract and then you can teach them to multiply because they, if they understand the concept of addition, they can understand that multiplication is just repeated addition, right? It's addition time and time again. That's what we call it times. So, um, so you had to build the student up, right? You uh, just
1: educated the hill out of me on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I <was> like, okay. <laughs> it does make sense.
0: So, so uh, uh, we, we decided to take a, that tack where you're going to, just like you progress a student up, uh-huh. you were going to progress the athlete up. And everything has to be really purposeful. You, you're not going to, again, to use education as an analogy. Uh, I, I was a teacher, so I rely yeah. on these things a lot. To use education as an analogy, you don't, you don't gonna, you're not gonna bring your student in one day and teach them um, uh, reading, and then the next day you're gonna teach them math, and then the next day you're gonna teach them history, yeah. and then the next day you're gonna teach them math again, but that math isn't gonna have anything to do with the math before. That sort of randomness yeah. is not how people learn. True. right? You, you have to build on these concepts uh, in order to gain uh, understanding. But it's not even about gaining understanding, it's about gaining mastery, yeah. right? And so um, that 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 idea um, is really important to us. We want our athletes to master the things that are, like our style of training and training mm-hmm. in general. Um, what comes with that is is a level of confidence um, and a level of um, uh, stick to itiveness uh, and mental fitness that is really hard to replace mm-hmm. through randomness or only high intensity. Um, and so that was really a lot of the starting uh, uh, inspiration behind the idea of Atomic Athlete. Of course, let me also say, we have fucked so many things up along (laughs) the way. We have made so many mistakes. We have done so many stupid things with our training. But, you know, that's part of the process. Um, And and, and we have learned and and iterated because of that. Um, And now, you know, we're always learning. We're always working to constantly improve. Uh And so, you know, Atomic Athlete, in uh, 2019 is very different than an atomic athlete in, in 2018 or 2017 because we're always learning and improving yeah, and yeah. moving forward.
1: So, with that, is that something that because <clears throat> with the type of workouts and things that y'all have? Because of course, when we develop out the site and I was seeing some of the workouts and things that y'all have. Yeah, is it based on? Is a lot of the business based on you all's personality Because all y'all are military, right? I know you and Jake are, J- no?
0: Jake and I are. Yeah, Todd is. In. Todd is,
1: yeah. okay. Is anything based kind of like on a military mindset, per se? Not necessarily like what you do physical, but military mindset.
0: Um, I think that some of the required discipline and the sort of regimentation of it is it, it, it is, borrows a lot from the military mindset. Uh-huh. Um, and also we have a, a lot of our online athletes and uh local athletes are former military or, or currently military we have a number of guys that are sf right now who follow our training online who mm-hmm. we took them all the way through the the whole um like their selection q course everything like we we brought them they started with us locally uh-huh. then they joined and then they went all the way through and so um the Military and uh, armed service, uh, armed services have had a, a lot of impact. I would say uh, on us just because we work with them day in and day out. We of course yeah. now we have a lot of LEOs and first responders that train with us as well. Nice. And all you know, all of that kind of. I mean, the military and LEO, it, it's it is different in a lot of respects, but it's it's very similar in a lot of respects as mm-hmm. well. So um, yeah, that I would say that it is influenced by it even though it's a minority of the people that we work with. I mean, most of the people we work with are just, you know, you're kind of like work a day athletes. They are not, um, they're, they're not, they've never, they have no prior military yeah. experience or anything like that. I would say it's like 80 20 between non-military and military. Yeah. yeah. So 20% is still substantial. You know, don't get me wrong. 20% of your clientele, that's pretty substantial. But, uh, at the same time, it's, it's, far from the majority. Yeah,
1: so with the, what were you doing before, I know you are in the military.
0: Yep. What did you
1: do before Atomic Athlete? I guess you could say between, before you got joined with the Atomic Athlete and I Anyone. guess when you left Austin? Well, you in, you were, you, hold on, let me, you were in military yep. out of high school?
0: Yes, right out of high
1: school. And yep. then in Austin, and then in Houston, right? And then back to Austin?
0: So I went um, So I went to the military. Uh, and in the military, I, I was stationed in, I went to some schools in South Carolina and New York. Uh-huh. And then I was stationed on my submarine in, in Hawaii. Uh, and then after I got out of the military, I uh, came to Austin and went to school. Okay. After Austin, I went to Houston. I was in uh, Teach for America. So I taught at uh, Houston Public Schools. I taught fourth grade at this uh, great school called Frost Elementary. uh, shout out to the Jaguars. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, it was, it was a really great experience. It was amazing there actually. And being a teacher is really cool. I love that job. Um, and, and after that I went to Wyoming and Wyoming Mm -hmm. is when I, whenever I started to coach. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And that, that, the reason why that was sort of the pattern was because after I got out of the military and went to UT, I, I, um, raced bikes at UT and, Mm -hmm. uh, and I also raced for a local team here. In, in Austin and through the course of racing, I, I became pretty high level. Mm-hmm. There, are f- there are five categories, Cat5 being like beginner and then 4, 3, 2 and 1. And so like pros ones and twos race together. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I was a Cat2 racer. So I, I was racing at the highest level. Um. Uh, for, for any sort of race that you would see like statewide.
1: How intense was training for that?
0: Oh, I mean, it, it was like a, it was a job, man. I mean, I yeah. went to school, I worked, and I trained. That that was my entire life. Right? i heard it's pretty intense. Today. It, it's so intense. Like, I, I would have like 25, 26 hour weeks where I'm like on the bike, pedaling, training for 26 hours in that week, right? So you're talking yes. about you're talking about long, long weeks of training. Of course, my shorts was like seven, yeah. But then it would go up to like you know that like twenty-five, twenty-six. That that was like my peak time uh, on the bike. So I it was can't a, even stay focused that long. I mean, but I
1: guess it depends on the like were you were you when you were training for that. Were you going like the same type of trails or areas, or was it different? Like were you were, the group of people. How was the training for it?
0: Most of the, a vast majority of it 90, 90 to ninety-five percent was solo. So it's just me really? and a bike in the road. Yeah, I I, I did uh, road cycling. I didn't ride on the. Uh, I didn't do like mountain or anything yeah. like that. Um, so uh, yeah, it was vast majority of it was just solo because it's a highly individual sport. Like yeah. you have you have your training numbers based on your performance, mm-hmm. and so um, even if even if like you and I are similar ability. Your numbers, your training numbers, are going to look different than mine, which means that it's going to be very hard for us to ride yeah. together because we're going to be at we riding at different speeds. So I did do some group training for mm-hmm. sure, uh, and, and I raced a lot. I mean, I raced multiple times a week most of the time. Um, but uh, most, but my training was was solo and it's super intense. I mean, between school work, I had a part time job, uh-huh. and then and then riding. That's like three jobs, right? Yeah, and it's like it's um, a lot. Yeah, so but but so working through that uh, and and getting to that high level and gaining a lot of knowledge along the way was what sort of brought me um, to Atomic. That's how I met um, Jake and and Todd, mm-hmm. and then also that's how I met the guy that I worked with up in um, up in Wyoming named Rob Shaw. He has a company called Mountain Tactical Institute now, mm-hmm. um, and so that that was a trajectory, and it was all because of my 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 cycling uh, history. Yeah.
1: So with with the what's there some of the, what do you feel like some of the biggest challenges or ups and downs per se mm-hmm. throughout the course of continuing to, to build this really community of athletes that you work with?
0: Yeah, um, oh, man. So the w- one of the tough things is culture. Culture is the hardest thing to build and it's the easiest thing to lose. Sure. Um, and you have to, you want to have a really mm-hmm. uh, welcoming, but uh, you want a welcoming culture, but you want one that also people feel like they're going to be pushed. Yeah. Uh, and that that is hard. It can't be completely ensconced in the idea of competition. You mm-hmm. want there to be an inherent sense of competition, but the, the training session should not be competitions. Training is not competing. Training is not assessing, right? If you yes. assess yourself, you're not, that is a different thing than training. And so, there has to be. While it, it it can't be like this constant push to compete, compete, compete. There, uh-huh. there needs to be an inherent sense of competition, and really, any properly motivated athlete is naturally going to have that because they're going to want they're they're going to want to be better. Um, yeah. So uh, you have to have a welcoming culture, but one that encourages uh, a little bit of challenge, um, and th- you. You want it to you want people to know that they're going to come in and have a good crew to train with yeah that was another big reason why we started atomic because we had a really good crew and we were like man we want everybody to have a really, yeah. really cool crew to train with and so we wanted to build this really cool community of, of people um it makes
1: you want to train when you got a community of yeah people and you can push one another like you saying the competing part but at the same time you're having fun while you're competing
0: yeah and, and, and all the while, we also wanted to, um, we, we wanted to have a sense that uh, when, when the, the, the training is primary, okay, and the, the discipline is primary so that we can operate, one of the hardest things to explain, and it's really the most challenging things to get new athletes to buy into, yeah. is the idea that we are going to train at low level. Of intensity and we're also going to train at high levels of intensity and having them understand that it's okay to train easy yeah and really what we like to say is that your training should feel too easy and too hard like that's a really if you are between those two you're really good if your training always feels like kind of hard yeah that's how you hit a plateau I
1: had to learn it like a year ago yeah I've been doing sports and stuff my entire life basically
0: and, and, and I had to learn it like a year ago and so that is so important. I mean, I whenever I started cycling, I hired a coach named Stefan Roth, and he was amazing. Um, and, and he really taught me. He, he doesn't know the impact that he had on me as an athlete, you know, mm-hmm. but he was my coach. And um, he would, whenever I first hired him, he would program, like, these six-hour sessions at, like, 200 Watts, which is pretty low power output on a bike. Mm-hmm. And I would be emailing him like, Stefan, why am I doing all of this time? This <laughs> really low intensity. <laughs> and, um, he would be like, you know, kind of like, just trust me, but this is why. And he would send me the, the reasoning behind it, like what it's doing inside it, what it's doing at the cellular lo- cellular level Whenever mm. I was doing that. And, um, so of course, like I was paying him, I trusted him. I was a poor student at the time. Like yeah. I'm putting this money out there. I'm going to follow it <laughs> to a T. So, um, I, uh, <clears throat> I I followed it and the results were, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. So the results showed for themselves um, and it was uh, really an amazing learning experience. And so I, uh, I wanted to bring that to the gym athlete because again, 2009, yeah, yes, this is the time. CrossFit started in 2005 in Santa Cruz, right? Yeah. And so um, this is the time when it was really growing huge and. CrossFit boxes were popping up all over the place, and it was all about you know heavy overhead smash, going as hard as you can. Um, yeah. But but again, we knew that that wasn't the answer, right? We knew that um, you're only training a certain way, and uh, what you have to understand is intensity determines the type of adaptation that you get, yeah. And volume determines how much of that adaptation you get. So, um, but volume is really king. The more training you can do. Yeah. then eventually, that's the more quality of training or the more intensity you're gonna be able to train at. And so these things tie together, but first you had to build that, bottom, that that wide base. Yeah. Uh, we like to say you have to, you have to build the number of matches in your match, uh, matchbook, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if you have 10 matches in your matchbook and I have 20, you're gonna burn out your 10, yeah. right? And you're not gonna have any matches left, right? So what are you gonna burn at that point? And I still have 10. Right, it, so that is going to be a huge determinant of success.
1: Do you keep yours? You well, keep your your workouts intense. <laughs> or do you keep them lower? How do you do? You, do you balance yours out? I'm learning the same thing because I did CrossFit and i i burned out. Yeah, <clears throat> I was stressed at out. work and, and the stress at work, uh, in addition to the the stress of the always intense yep. with the Amrap, I'm gonna give it 100. percent Yeah, that's right. And I got double. It wasn't a relief to me. Yep. I had to. I had to switch, so I had to leave. Yeah. And I, I had to. I left. Samantha, yeah. soar. She was saying, "How how intense was your workout last time?" They I'm got gonna, you. Sure? I'm doing orange theory. CrossFit is not for me. I mean, it's to build. Basically, to build like, like your. What's called? I mean, must. I've never done it. Stressed out. Like that's like. Yeah. Give it hundred percent. I've never. I've never so, done it before. <laughs> but what I've seen been done it is intense all the time but it was a uh, the concept was we talked because we were talking about culture yeah I one thing that they've done the greatest thing of is create a culture they have. they have mm-hmm. done an extremely good good job for creating a culture and no then doubt. it draws people in yeah like for me because every time I've I've always worked out based on sports I've never worked out based on I want to work out to have a bigger chest or bigger arms or something mm-hmm. like that. If I did have anything in mind, it was like, I'm doing it for sports. Mm-hmm. And I have to get myself out of this mindset, even to today. Mm-hmm. I All of my workouts used to be intense because I was like, if I don't, I'm gonna lose something. Mm-hmm. Even if I was just thinking about maintaining, I was like, if I don't go run this six miles, like I'm thinking about boxing. If I don't go run six miles today, then I'm gonna lose some form of conditioning. But I just ran six miles three days in a row. You know what I mean? This is like I can go hit the swimming pool and still get something that's different, but it's not going to be an intense on that part of my body per se. Yeah. So that mindset right there is hard even for not even as a as act, like a sports athlete, but even as a regular person, because you're thinking I got to go hard in the gym every day yeah. to meet whatever goal it is that you have. Yeah. So that that is big. Yeah, and
0: and so like in creating that culture and creating that like how do we get people to understand that their training has to come kind of follow. Um, uh, like a sine wave. um, How do we get them to actually buy into that? That, That's tough. But you have to rely on and kind of lean on your veteran athletes who have bought into it and may have seen huge gains over the course of their career Uh in Atomic. You have to kind of rely on them. And also um, other things like we send out emails every single week. Like, I love y'all's uh, emails. <laughs> you get. I stay subscribed uh, to them. Just because I read <laughs> <like> them. <my email. laughs> <laughs> They're a lot of fun to write. They're they of, are. We try to make them funny because <laughs> there, there's so many of them. Like the whole email newsletter is a stayed practice yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. So we try to make them fun. Yeah. I like them. I <laughs> yeah. do. I do like them. So
1: does that mean the frequency is different? Yeah. Does that, is that, is your model, does that mean your model business model is a little different in terms of you want them more so we can do
0: more days? Uh, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great question. So the way that we structure our week is um, we have three primary sessions and then two optional sessions. So ideally we want people to do those three primary sessions. And though our our broader model of mm-hmm. programming is we program by mac- macro cycle. So we'll program like a month. Two months or three months at a time. Okay, what we'll focus on the fitness attributes that we want to develop over that course of time. Um, those become our primary fitness attributes. We have ten fitness attributes that we like to train overall, um, and and so we'll we will bucket a percentage of those towards our primary sessions, and then we'll bucket the others. Um, not necessarily all of them. We're not always training all fitness attributes, but we'll bucket others towards our optional sessions. And the idea of the optional session is to maintain the other fitness attributes. So if an athlete is going to come like two or three times a week, they're going to do only our primary sessions. If they're going to come four or more, then they're going to do those optional sessions. Mm -hmm. Now, the intention behind those optional sessions is also, and and also oftentimes the primary sessions, is to allow people to train at that sort of uh, volume and frequency without being burnt out. So what, what does that require? That requires that you have a lower intensity of training that allows you to get in the larger amount of volume. And again, volume determines how much of the adaptation that you're going to get, right? And so if we're training at a certain intensity, at the maximum volume that our people can handle, then they're gonna get the maximal adaptation for that intensity.
1: It makes make sense, sense. yeah. I like the way you broke that down. I gotta keep that stuff in my mind myself. Cool. I do, especially because go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, because a lot of people like they they think that going to the gym every day, like it's the thing to do. Yeah, like, you're just burning yourself out. You're but
1: he's putting a scientific approach to like a, 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 an approach to it that's like it's been it's been proven. Because a lot of right. people, a lot of times, it's regardless of how what, what kind of way it is that you're training. Or working the brand and you're training for something for performance or whatever goal it is that you want to meet. When you put an approach to a scientific approach to it like that, which is really different, yeah. because nowadays it's really no matter what it is. I mean, we talk about entrepreneurship or working out. Everybody thinks you just have to be like, yeah, it has to go hard all the time. Grind grind grind. Yeah. 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 And so, but there's an understanding to it, like you have to have, I hate to use the word balance, but there has to be balance with it to get the yep. optimum results out of it. So yeah. I like I like the approach. Yeah, Consist- Consistency beats yeah. intensity. Uh, consistent,
0: consistent. I don't know. Well, Did so you, so you you gotta. You, what I like to say is consistency is like pregnancy. You either are or you are not. Right. There is there is no <laughs> middle ground. Uh, so, so but, so consistency like uh, discipline and consistency are the two primary uh, drivers of improvement. Really, whatever you're gonna do, um, discipline is king. And so. Uh, and then, and then, if you are disciplined, then you will be. You will most likely be consistent. And then that consistency is going to give you returns. Mm-hmm. Um, the the key is to keep up the motivation and, d- and the discipline whenever those big returns stop coming, and yeah. then you start to only see marginal returns. Right? You you see this mm-hmm. in business. This is the law of diminishing returns. Right? It's but but the key is to always be making those one to two percent gains. Yeah. Um, because obviously the way that percentages scale that one one percent today uh if you're making one percent like year over year over year right then you're talking about like 10 20 30 percent and also that one percent in five years would be like 20 percent today yeah right because of the way that they're constantly scaling percentages are always going to scale on the compound of every previous percentage and so uh it, consistency in, in training, consistency in the grind, mm-hmm. all of that is really important. What you have to understand as an individual, whether or not it's business related or or, or uh, physically physical fitness related, is that you cannot go at your maximum intensity and in be consistent all the time. You have to understand that your body um, does not know the difference between work stress and training stress, like you were saying, Chris. True. Your body just knows stress. And so if you are, have, if you're having a stressful time at work, a stressful time in your personal life, and a stressful time at the gym, or your gym training is only really high intensity, your body's going to be like bro, I'm smoked. And then your sure. endocrine system uh, and your central nervous system, they are going to be they're they're going to be overtaxed. Now, uh, whenever we talk about overtraining, we can talk about overtraining like whenever people get burned out at work, or we talk about overtraining with with, with actual training. Uh, overtraining is is not a muscular thing. Overtraining is, uh, the way that we understand overtraining right now, okay, the science, is, the science is in a lot of physical fitness and a lot of the science behind how our bodies develop. But overtraining is one of those uh, things that there are still a lot of variables um, and they haven't really pinpointed. Mm-hmm. But the theory is that your endocrine system, this system which regulates um, the release of your hormones throughout your body and your central nervous system, um, uh, you have two sides of your, your central nervous system. You have a gas pedal called your sympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. and then you have a, a brake pedal called your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, but those two things can become tired and that means that your hormone regulation is going to fluctuate heavily mm-hmm. and, and that's going to be messed up. This is why oftentimes you see uh, a big change in your energy level whenever you start to become overtrained and then, uh, on the central nervous system side, mm. uh, uh we have evolved in a really smart way. Our sympathetic nervous system, the gas pedal, can completely overpower the parasympathetic nervous system, the ability for your body to slow down and take a break. This is crucial for our survival because if you're running, if you're running from like danger for days on end, you don't want to, you don't want your body to be like, Hey, you got to take a break, <laughs> right? Like you, you may be running for da- from danger. Shit yeah. Down. Yeah. I mean, if you got a tiger hunting you for like two days and you're in the bush. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta move, man. You gotta move. Yeah. Like you don't have time to rest. Um, and it may be days at a time that you got to keep moving. So our bodies, our central nervous system has evolved to have a stronger sympathetic side than parasympathetic side. But, um, Imagine a, a car which only had a gas pedal, eventually it's going to crash. Yeah. Um, and so you, you have to, and, and you're not going to like when that happens. Um, so the parasympathetic nervous system, um, whenever you become overtrained, you could, if you're training too hard, uh, it's, you're not, your body's not going to be able to apply the, the brake pedal. And so what happens oftentimes with um, overtraining is you'll be smoked. You'll have no energy all day. Yeah. And then whenever you go to lay your head down, you'll just lay there awake. Like, I call it runaway brain. Damn, I've felt this before. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. See? Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) so that that could be an indication that you're starting to be overtrained. Yeah. Right? If you have low energy all day and then you can't sleep at night, now we start to see the interplay between uh, an overtaxed endocrine system and an overtaxed central nervous system. Um, and, and this is why it is so important to train at multiple intensities. I mean, this is all to come from the, your question about culture, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, it's good. Um, Well, this is part of... <clears throat> excuse me, this is part of y'all's
1: culture. Like, everything that you're mentioning right now is part of, like, understanding of the way that y'all train and the things yep. that you do for, for the clients that y'all
0: have. Yeah, what, what we're doing right now is getting... Very deep underneath the hood of atomic, you know, like mm-hmm. if you if you're if you're gonna buy if you're gonna buy a Tesla, right? You just want to look at how sweet the Tesla is, right? Like yeah. that's that's what Elon Musk wants you to see. Like he wants you to have that, like oh my god, this is amazing. But if you look at the software and the the internal engineering yeah. behind what makes a Tesla so amazing, then I mean, you, you could become overwhelmed. But if, but if you understand e- even a percentage of it, like you can really appreciate like. Yeah. wow this is an amazing thing so we are getting deep underneath the hood of what goes into atomic programming and training design um, and, and I do think it's important to talk about this at least uh, at, to some degree because it, it's if you walk by our gym you can look in and see people moving barbells see people running see, see people jumping and mm-hmm. you may think that's CrossFit yeah and you would not be at fault for thinking that because CrossFit did not invent the front squat. They did not invent the clean. They did not invent the AMRAP. They didn't do yeah. any of those things, right? They helped to put them together, but even they did not invent that. That idea yeah. has been around for a very long time. I was doing that in a lot, I'm sure you were, you know, right, yeah. in boxing, right? And everything. You were you're gonna do some high intensity work, you're gonna do some low intensity bag, or you're gonna yeah. you're gonna mix it up, right? Your coach was doing that far before for you. He was yeah. doing that for you far before CrossFit ever came around. He was doing it in the mode of boxing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what they what they did so well was create the community aspect yeah. of things. Um,
1: so but, with the with the uh, we're talking about like the the, the burnout part of or like everything that you explained, basically the gas pedal and the brake. We're talking about it from a we kind of mentioned it from a physical aspect. Have you felt that? from an entrepreneurial aspect, I've literally, like, oh, yeah. I've burnt out every year yep. around <laughs> this time yep. and I've made a purpose like I was like, this year I can't, like, mm-hmm. I have to switch something up and it literally, I mean, I didn't think about it from the way that you just put it but I did it in a general way which was like, I can't just keep going hard every single day, every single month. Like, I have to break this up in phases and sometimes it's not a matter of that, I'm getting off the gas pedal, but I have to figure out ways to where that I can get off the gas pedal. But we're still going at the same speed. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, have you experienced like burnout as an entrepreneur, building a Yeah. Uh, well, I
0: mean, the the thing is, like the the the, the burden, as it were, of the entrepreneurs that you you always have that growth mindset, right? Yeah. You always want to be pushing forward and growing and growing and. and if you're not growing, then you feel like you're moving backwards, right? True. Because some somebody out there is is grinding, um, and so yeah, I, I have felt that. You know, there have been whole like months where uh, I will lie awake at, at night in my bed, you know, ready to sleep, uh, yeah. but I can't sleep, and it's primarily because of of work, you know, um, not necessarily because of of training. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. I, I think that's part of it, and, and this is why we have like vacations, right? Like, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I will be like, I don't need a vacation. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I just keep saying that until I am not good at all, <laughs> right? And I'm like, and then I go on a vacation. I'm like, why did I do this like three months ago? I'm yeah. Like, you know, like it would have been so much better if I would have done that because yeah. I feel like I lost time whenever I try to do too much without some sort of break, you know, but. You know, training slash grinding, it is injury. It is trauma to your body. Yeah. The improvement does not come from doing those things. The improvement comes from recovery, resting, right? Yeah. Resting is healing. Um, and resting is also whenever you bring a lot of things in, like where you accumulate a lot of the adaptations. And that's when you can accumulate a, your understanding and create, construct good meaning from the best practices that you've experienced over that time. Um but that's the the hard thing is, if you, you, it's it's that constant feeling of if you're not pressing forward, you're moving backwards. Exactly. I
1: know exactly what you mean. Just cause kind of, just like when I was talking about, I always felt that if I'm not, even when it was like physically working out, if I'm not continuously working out hard, yeah. then I'm going backwards. Yeah. Same thing with 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 just trying to continue to have these growth things in mind and continue trying to grow. It's like, hey, if I'm not thinking of new things, or if we're not doing something, then we're moving backwards, which is really not true, but you just it, think it is, that because you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're competitive.
0: It, it's a heuristic, and, and it should come as no surprise that our physical body, our, our physical development is a yeah. symbol of everything else, right? Yeah. Um, and at the same time, like, if you're not developing your physical body, like, you're leaving a big chunk of that behind. Our, You know, that if that is a symbol, and if that is a model for how you can develop other aspects of your life, uh-huh. then should you overlook it? yeah it makes sense.
1: So what well, that kind of leads to my next my next question balance how do you how do you structure balance? if you believe in balance in any way yeah how do you structure balance between running a business and your personal life?
0: Well, uh, I have the benefit of having you know two really great business partners mm-hmm. and so, we can divide up their duties and responsibilities that come with atomic athlete to make sure that one aspect um doesn't start to become a chore right it it can feel we can switch things up and it will be fresh um that i think is a really important part of it you know um jake was doing the emails for a while then i took over the emails you know Mm -hmm. and then uh and and now because the emails like became a chore for him and he was having a hard time keeping up with them that is a completely understandable thing. We don't want uh, something that is important as, as an email that represents, you know, that is the face of the company for a lot of people. Uh-huh. We don't want that to become something that feels rote or, or feels tired or forced. We want it to be uh, fresh, like the, something that like re- represents our personality and has uh-huh. a little bit of fun, does it a little bit differently. Um, and so re... Uh, redistributing the duties and responsibilities of Atomic Athlete is a really good way to keep uh, ourselves in balance so that Uh we're really looking forward to the work that we have to do
1: nice so it it helps you to having having partners and being able to structure things to to have more balance with We talking about taking vacations and stuff like that right right I I will say I have a goal next year to take a two-week vacation two weeks (laughs) <laughs> I think it's gonna to be together, a struggle for me. Or two no, weeks. Two weeks away from ATX. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna to be tough for me because for yeah. the last five years it's been like everything. I'm talking about vacation. Like me and my wife and the kids, we go to the beach every summer for, you know, three or four days or something like that. And I don't do a ton of work, I scale back, but I still do some or my mind's still going about it. I wanna be able to take two weeks and I want I don't know if I'll be able to completely not think about it. But they, like, majority of the time completely think about something else and don't even worry about it. I honestly think I need that in regards to, to, like, I gotta, I I need that time to, like, refresh my mind, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, you you need to. I mean, I I think it's, uh, I think it would be really good for you to have some time where you didn't think about it. You didn't look at your screen, right? You didn't, like, think about the business. You're, you're, You're gonna think about it, it's gonna creep into your mind. But it's having the discipline to be like, I'm actively going to stop thinking about it. Yeah. You know, um, but that, yeah, that, I think that that would probably be good for you. Five years, You're, man. Uh, without I really, a reason. no. A, like a complete break. That's, that's a lot. You'll come back fresh. Yeah. Maybe a little annoying. You'll be like, so, <laughs> <laughs> Samantha and Chris can be like, going okay. to be like, damn. damn. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> We've been <ain't> working. And <laughs> probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet, I bet.
1: Cool. So, um, where can our audience find you? emails on social media
0: yeah um email is just really simple jordan at atomic-athlete.com we are on instagram and facebook uh, at atomic athlete for instagram Uh, of course our website atomic-athlete.com um and uh let's see facebook is a uh, atomic athlete as well I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram, so I don't handle any of that stuff. But <laughs> you all that on stuff. <laughs> I, I, do, I do emails and I do the site. and But social media for me is just like, um, I can't do it. Yeah. It's just not for me. It's a lot that goes yeah. into it. No worries. But they are
1: on there. Y'all can find out all about right. me, Atomic-athlete.com website. Um, Atomic Athlete everywhere on social media. Thanks for tuning in to Startup Social Podcast. We'll check with y'all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in into this week's episode of the Startup Social Podcast. You can listen to us anywhere podcasts are available and on our YouTube channel. Make sure to visit our website, StartupSocialTV.com. Until next time.